Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path podcast. This is a new segment called the Show Up and Be Seen series. It's a series of candid interviews with entrepreneurs and influential people who are showing up authentically in their lives and business with a big fat mission and purpose. I'm Willow, your host. I help service-based entrepreneurs heal the void of not feeling seen so you can connect the dots to your story and show up unapologetically, ultimately so you can attract your ideal clients by being the real you. I believe that when you heal the deepest parts of yourself and release the old stories and programming and conditioning around not enoughness that leads to imposter syndrome, you can start to reveal your highest and most authentic version of yourself. Join me as I explore this juicy topic with my amazing guests as they share their personal stories and unconventional path of showing up and being seen. If you like this podcast, please share it so it can be seen and heard by more people. And it would be awesome if you took a screenshot and tagged me on Instagram at whereiswillow. Okay, on to the show. My next guest, Megan Shaler, is all about keeping it real. She has a loyal following on Instagram, aka Entirely Koala Queen, and her definition of authenticity is being imperfect. So she talks about her struggles with extreme anxiety, addiction, codependency, single parenthood, dating and relationships, and everything in between. Through that, her mission is to break the stigma around mental health and having hard conversations with ourselves so that we can love ourselves more. You know, so this journey to self-acceptance. Okay, on to the show. Here's Megan Shaler. Thank you so much for joining podcast. Thank you for having me. You are on Instagram and that's how I found you. So you have quite a presence online. Um, tell people who you are online. Let's start there. And then, you know, and then your path, like take us back to, you know, the path that you were on previously and that like led you to creating this Instagram. Being seen is the thing that I'm actually dealing with right now. Like the, mm. the fear of it. So wow. it's so timely because I'm going through this. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've just started on my own podcast. And, you know, when I was asked mm. the question, what are you even about? Like, what is this? <laughs> Who are you? I, ba- yeah. Basically the box is I, I'm unraveling, I, I'm unraveling myself to find out who am I underneath all this, trauma, conditioning, bad relationships, mm-hmm. diet culture. I'm finding out who I am underneath all these labels and boxes I've put myself into. I'm coming out of the cage. So basically, obviously my path has been, it's had many different directions. What brought me to Instagram originally was the keto diet. Mm. And, you know, I started showing up there with, all of that and but what i actually didn't realize at the time was that i was suffering really bad from disordered eating Mm, so i kind of cringe i kind of cringe when i go back and i watch these videos of me like you know going on a three or four day fast and getting upset with myself for eating blueberries like that that I'm starting to look back on that and I find that really hard to deal with because, you know, I was putting that out there and that was irresponsible. Mm, like I feel mm-hmm. I didn't know better at the time. Right. Disordered eating was something that has been with me my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was raised in a very dysfunctional, chaotic family. 
everyone had their own severe wounds and traumas and I developed uh, mental illness. Mm -hmm. What I now know is pretty severe anxiety at around the age of, you know, I think it started to show at around the age of eight. Mm, okay. And it was left untreated. I wasn't allowed to have that. It was, you know, <laughs> it, when I show, when I displayed symptoms of that kind of depression and sadness, I was told, cut that out. You're not allowed, like, not in those words, but it wasn't, it wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, when you live your life with an untreated mental illness, mm-hmm. you will find ways to cope in the world and to medicate yourself. Absolutely. What I found, you know, what I found was addiction. I even remember at the age of eight, I became addicted to video games. Mm. And that addiction just, it just lasted. Then it became food. Mm-hmm. And then I became the fat child. And when you're the fat child, everyone teases you. So that doesn't mm-hmm. contribute to good self-esteem when you're already in a very low place. Mm-hmm. Um, so at around the age of 13 or 14, I found an eating disorder. And, you know, that's, that stayed with me on and off. Anytime I lost control of my life, I resorted to food to control myself or to feel like I had some sense of control in the world. Mm-hmm. And at around the age of 16, I started heavy substance abuse. Okay. And I used, to, I used to do that at school because, like, I would never have done it at home, but school mm-hmm. was... I don't know why school seems why like not? you. You will find anything you can, you know. And I believe that that's what I did. I I found what I could to survive in the world. And when mm-hmm. you bring disordered eating, you've got substance abuse. It's just a recipe for chaos and disaster. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had just lived my life in survival mode. And you know, I eventually you know, skip forward all these years, I became, I was married, I became a mum, but I couldn't connect to my family. I didn't know Mm. how. Okay. And, you know, I would find that I'd go on these diets and I I would feel so alive and I'd have all this motivation and ideas. And I felt, I felt that that was me. So I started this Instagram to talk to a community about, how much I just loved this diet and how I lived and breathed it. And I, I, I gathered this community around me, which was great. It's lovely. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. And I've still got the majority of that community that I built still there with me because what I realized is that they weren't there for a diet. They were there for me because mm-hmm. in my path to, you know, going through my sobriety and everything, I started to show up as myself. And I started to talk about all the emotional things that I was going through. Quite often I'd burst into tears and I'd have snot falling out of my nose on camera and everyone's like, we love you girl. Keep going. Oh, well, yeah. So it was discovering that I could be loved for me. That that's, that's my background story. And it was amazing Mm -hmm. that Instagram out of all places where everyone says it's fake, it's not real. Yes, it is. It just depends how real you are on that platform. Yes. And that is uh, the theme of this series that we're talking about, showing up and being seen. So you're using a platform in the way that ultimately I think it's designed 
is for us to connect, mm-hmm. you know, and build a community. So what, what was that process? So you're sharing things about the diet, but what's really happening is so many other things like underneath, you know, these layers. Was there any moments of um, apprehension when you were showing up in this new way that people had never seen you before? Friends, there was. Yeah, there was. At, at first, when it was all about the diet, I was more than happy to to do that. But when I started to share these little snippets of what I was feeling and my emotions, my binge eating and things like that, mm-hmm. I started to feel scared. Like sometimes I would do a post and the, the sickening feeling that I would get afterwards would be... It, it never stopped me, but it was it was a lot. But then yeah. I just discovered that the the more times I did it, that like the response that I, I wasn't doing it for the response, I was doing it to express myself. But then I was noticing, oh wow, people are really resonating with this, mm-hmm. and that that kept me that kept me strong in my purpose of just learning to express myself. Okay, do you know the feeling that you're talking about? Can you? identify what that feeling was like what was your biggest fear I feel like it's not safe Mm. like you you, like do you know what it is actually I'm just really trying to tap into that right now it's the fear of not being accepted it's the Mm. fear of being criticized it's the it's the fear of judgment Mm -hmm. it's really scary (laughs) yes and how was your self-talk? That might be a harder, harder question to go back to that time to think. But this judgment, do you find that it was a reflection of how you were treating yourself? Definitely. My self-talk had gotten a lot better by the stage that I'd set up my Instagram because by then I'd already been in therapy for two years. Mm-hmm. So I had learnt a bit of that reparenting on how to talk myself through those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my self-talk can be pretty harsh sometimes, but, you know, I've learned to talk back. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> so I might have this little war going on, but I'm, I'm definitely talking back. It, it hasn't stopped me. Okay. And how long ago was this? Um, just like the time frame for all of this like you're showing up and then then the sort of like reveal and how i mean how fast have you built this community uh i started the instagram in november of 2017 okay it built yeah. very fast actually um mm-hmm. it had gotten at one stage it had gotten to 24,000 people but when i got when i stopped doing the keto diet mm. and i started talking about mental health Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of followers, but I had to learn to let that go because mm-hmm. I can't identify my whole identity. My whole identity was raveled up in a diet. And this is how smart yeah. diet culture is, right? I found a way to feed my addiction with being online with my food addiction, which created this audience, which that's clever yeah. <laughs> because because it, it's because that ingrains you even more. Mm-hmm. So t- to learn that I had to unravel that keto identity and, and, and be okay with people are going to leave me now. Mm-hmm. And when you've suffered a lifetime of abandonment issues, 
people leaving you isn't just like, oh, mm. see you later. It hurts. Mm-hmm. But I had to, I also had to learn to let go. So it's not like I don't feel those emotions and those fears. Yeah. But, but I persevere through it. Mm-hmm. So this has been a personal journey in real time. Yes, absolutely. That is such a good way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's so powerful. Um, and whenever you, so what I'm kind of jumbling around, but what is your why? Like what is, you're pushing past that fear, you're posting, you're getting out of that comfort zone. What was pushing you forward? At the time, I wasn't so sure, but I'm definitely very sure of what it is now that it was. I never used to be able to really articulate that jumbled mess that was swirling around in my mind, but my why is really defined now. My mission is so people never, ever have to feel alone like I did because Mm -hmm. my childhood was so lonely Mm. and I had no one who understood my pain I had no one who wanted to help me through that pain. And I know that when I speak my truth, I'm helping another person through their pain and I connect with them. And we're Mm -hmm. not connecting over the pain as such. We're connecting over the fact that we are all the same and we've all got the same emotions and feelings and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to accept within yourself. So my mission Mm -hmm. is I never want anyone to feel alone because that is that is not a way to feel. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, so you speak on um, anxiety a lot. So the mental health is a big piece. Um, it is. For you, is it something that you identify with? That might be a hard, um, hard question, but like um, through this journey, have you been able to like potentially like distance yourself from it a little bit because you're now speaking openly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a stage where I used to believe I was my trauma. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was my trauma. I didn't know that there was a separation. I didn't know how to separate myself from anything. Mm -hmm. I was everything. Whatever whatever the label, I was that. And I've learned now, since I've separated myself from the trauma, I think that's why I'm able to speak so freely about it now is because I realize I'm not, I'm not the trauma. So I'm able to depersonalize it to mm-hmm. be a story about me, but it's not me and it doesn't define who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yes. Um, what did you envision going back to this childhood time and, you know, looking towards the future? Did you have any path that you thought you were going to take? Did you have like, what was your vision back then? I thought I was going to be an actress. Mm. <laughs> You are because <laughs> in your life, in a weird way, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of out that way. But um, acting was a way in childhood that mm-hmm. I found a way to be seen, and I would act. I was in drama school. I'd put on nightly performances for my family, and it was the one time I felt that they were so open and receptive to me. Mm-hmm. having fun and being in my element. I was never judged or criticized. They loved it. And I learned that acting was a way to express everything that was going on. And I could just be so free. And mm-hmm. uh, so I thought I was going to be an actress, but I didn't have, unfortunately, I didn't have the encouragement mm-hmm. of my family to pursue those goals. Um, 
there was never any there was never any help with that and you know a lot of people can as you say carve their own path but i didn't have the ability to do that because i was very codependent with my family mm -hmm. and very very reliant on them i i didn't have any independence at all mm, okay so so it was just one of those dreams that i just that just died mm -hmm. is it still alive in you i think so i think that's that 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 thing that Thing that I had back then is what's in me now as well to to put myself out there because I remember when I was on that stage as as a little girl I felt so alive mm -hmm. and I think that part is still there but I don't need to act anymore I don't need to be someone else I can actually just learn to be myself mm -hmm. exactly and you so there was a a large part of your childhood that you didn't feel seen you had mentioned that. So this showing up authentically, because again, I think you are the like spokesperson for this authenticity. <laughs> Your Instagram is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I, I mean, honestly, it's like, you know, just taking all the, the walls down. So what is your definition of authenticity these days and how has it changed over the years? How is my definition of authenticity? My, 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 defi my definition of it is just like, just be as real as you can. Like the more, the more real you are and the more that you're accepted for just being real and being mm. human, showing your, your human side, showing your imperfection, you know, imper like perfectionism is something that just is so debilitating for me. Mm -hmm. But the more that I show up imperfect, the more I can accept that I don't have to be perfect. So authenticity is defined to me by being real and it's allowing yourself to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. So what would be some advice for someone that's struggling? Let's say they have a business, they have to show up and they may not really be comfortable with that. What would be any advice from your side and your experience that you could give them? I mean, I can't say anything that's groundbreaking other than you won't know what's on the other side unless you start doing it. Mm -hmm. And you just like right. be consistent. Like it's really, really hard to push through those emotional hurdles mm -hmm. in, let, in allowing yourself to be seen. Mm -hmm. But all I can say is that everyone out there just wants to see real we're all sick of seeing these polished versions of everything because mm -hmm. it makes us like, you know, if you're not a polished person, you feel bad about not being so polished. Yeah. And when you see other people out there that aren't so polished and they're out there doing it, it helps others do it too. So just, mm -hmm. just get out there, just, just do it and mm -hmm. be imperfect. <laughs> yes, definitely. I totally agree. I think the, the more that you share your story, your truth, it allows, it's the permission slip you know, for other people. And what kind of relationships have you formed in this, in this community? So many, I, you know, I talk every day to, to people. I've made really, really good friends as like, I do these collaborations. It's mm -hmm. really nice. It's really nice because when you've grown up in a life of toxic connections, and you start connecting with like beautiful people like here I am today speaking with you. Like, it's just, how lucky is that? Like to have, to have these mm -hmm. people that show up for me and go, Hey, 
you're pretty cool. Do you want to, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I've built lots of connections and, you know, one of my, one of, oh, I just, there's so many powerful women too that I've connected with mm-hmm. who, who help me, like they don't let me fall. And, you know, they'll check in on me every now and then they'll be like, how are you going with this? Like dreams and goals that I've spoken to them about. And they, mm. they message me and check in, how are you going with that? Like, that's just incredible. I'm, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky to have connected with them amazing people on there. Mm-hmm, definitely. And that shows a, a lot about you, honestly. It's like attracts like. Oh, thank you. You know? And I think I, are, I wish yeah. that I could. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I wish that I, I, I want to learn now to be able to extend myself to others mm. um, because I'm still I still hold back a bit. I'm still a bit shy. So <laughs> I don't know how like I don't know how to reach out like they do, but they show me how because they're mm-hmm. doing it for me. And I know that one day when I break the barriers, I mm-hmm. can do that, too. Yes. So what is next for you? You just started your own podcast. And what else? So that pod, that podcast is it's it's the way that I obviously break through some of my mental barriers. Mm-hmm. What I would really really love to do is I my dream is to do a journal, to release mm. a journal that has a manual in it on how to get to know. It's I want to call it research yourself, and it's mm-hmm. about researching yourself to find out who you are underneath all your conditioning Mm -hmm. and all the labels we give ourselves because I journaled my journey into healing. I I did a lot of, a lot of self healing through journaling. There's been times where I've journaled, I've kept journals since I was 11 years old. So it's always Mm -hmm. been a way that I, that was the only person that would listen to me was my journal. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I put all those thoughts Mm-hmm. And I've learned that journaling is such a great way to get to know who you are. And there's been periods where I'll journal for a hundred days straight mm. and ask myself these big questions about life. And, you know, I might go for five pages of one question, wow. but that journaling has been crucial in getting to know who I am. So I would love to help people be able to journal. Mm-hmm. And do you ever read your journals again? Yes, I do. Um, but it's, it's, it's very, it's not easy to read back mm. on. There'll be times okay. where, cause my mem because of the trauma, my memory becomes very hazy mm. and I don't remember a lot. And then I'll pick up my journals. And then as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh yes, I remember that perfectly now. <laughs> yeah. So it's so, yeah. reawakening Re-trig- these memories, retriggering. It yeah. does. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't go back to my journals often unless I'm searching for a particular memory that I mm. want to work on. Interesting. And this, you're talking about going back to childhood. Yeah. Like childhood those journals. And, especially, and yeah. especially through my teenage years though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because through my teenage years, a lot of, I, I had a lot of trauma through then in my early twenties. Mm. Um, and I know that it's affected me greatly today but sometimes I don't realize how badly until I pick up that journal and go, now I know. (laughs) Okay. And you talk about addiction as well, um, openly. So can you share a little bit about that and where you are now? And if this is something that like a field, you know, of interest that you help others with, and again, sharing your story does help others, but if you could talk a little bit about that. 
Yep. So, um, as I mentioned before, I started, I started substance abuse at the age of 16. So it was with me up until the age of 32. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that I was this extreme, energetic, fun, loud party girl. And when you take the addiction away or the substance abuse and the alcohol, mm-hmm. and I realized what was underneath all that was not who I thought. Ah. And I realized I'm actually a very highly sensitive person. I had no idea mm. I was a sensitive person. Wow. Um, so my story since the age of 32 is learning how I've been learning that I, I had PT. I didn't even know I had complex PTSD. Mm. So I've had to learn how to deal with my mental health. Um, mm. My mental health has been a huge part in in my sobriety and my and, and being yeah. clean. Um, so I have to work on my mental health every single day mm-hmm. to be a functioning human in the world. But I had to learn how to also just allow myself to have emotions because I had lived my whole life never having permission mm. to have emotion. And that's what the substance abuse was covering up was all this hidden sensitivity and emotion and trauma that was underneath that. Um, So that's when my my healing journey actually began. But it hasn't been a fast healing journey because it it goes like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Different directions. Not linear. (laughs) Not at at all. And... um, so I was sober for four and a half years the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I broke my sobriety intentionally mm-hmm. um, I saw at around post, four yeah. and a half. Yeah, 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 I did it intentionally <laughs> because I thought that, you know what, I've been sober for a while now, it might yeah. be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was for a few months. And then mm-hmm. old, old Megan started to resurface. And I decided, I think it was about seven months ago now to be sober again. I never, Mm -hmm. ever started my substance abuse again, though. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, five, five and a half years clean, six years clean from substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is actually the driver of everything. That is what I can't go back to. Okay. Because once that, once that unravels for me, everything does. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can forgive myself for drinking again. I think it's normal and healthy sometimes to test your, to test your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we change over the years, we change. And sometimes, sometimes we can revisit old things just to see how they are. And I trust myself enough to know when I need to pull the plug on something, Mm -hmm. but I'm very, very sure now, like I'm, there is no doubt about it. I want to be sober Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Okay. Because I've learned to appreciate real. Yes. I want to be so real. I never want to be unreal again. I never want mm-hmm. any moment to be unreal. And that is what, so being wow. sober, like being sober is not a chore anymore. Mm-hmm. The first, the first four and a half years was a chore. Ah, uh, okay. A daily um, reminder or just. Yes. It, yeah. Chore. It was Didn't. just like, oh, how am I going to live another 10 years this way? Yeah. This time it's so different. It is no, this is what I truly want for myself because I never mm-hmm. want any moment to be unreal ever again, because I'm willing to face whatever anything is in the moment, whether mm-hmm. it be good, bad, messy, awkward, sad. Mm-hmm. I know that it can be what it is. I can accept it and, it, and I can move on from it. I've learned to process things. 
So I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need fake anymore. Yes. You just uh, nailed it on the head. The, the unreal. Uh, I quit drinking almost a year ago as well. Oh, congratulations. Just, thank you. Yeah. Party recovering party girl, whatever label you want to put on, you know, I was like, that's just me and couldn't really see another way. And then yeah, made the decision. And it's, it was a bit of a chore in the beginning for sure. I was like, yeah. okay, countdown. I had a, t- a short time frame, and then it just kept going. So I love what you said about the not wanting to be unreal. That's what it yeah. is. That's a pretty big motivation, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that the first time because I still yeah. wanted things to be unreal. It was just that I was just pushing through, mm-hmm. but I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want anything unreal anymore. Like to me, anything that's unreal is terrifying, like ill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. And so in this podcast that you're, that you're doing, this is your, um, can you talk about the podcast again and what, what it is exactly? Are you interviewing people or is it I want to lead myself. It's my stories first just to, because I don't even know how to operate technology. Like, (laughs) you know how to do Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. That, thank goodness for that. (laughs) That's all you need. um, (laughs) Because I've also got a, I've had ADHD my whole life as well. For me, Mm -hmm. focusing on anything that becomes overwhelming, I just instantly check out, Mm -hmm. but I've committed to this and I can't check out of it because even though like it hurts my brain sometimes with the technology, but I do want to interview people eventually. It's just that I'm trying to learn how to actually just do it myself before I can even get anyone on there, but it's all a goal for me. Um, But I do want to, it's a goal. I've got Mm -hmm. all these personal goals and it's even just learning how to lead because Mm. I've never been a leader. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to get someone on your podcast, you have to lead something. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've never done, I've never been a leader as such. I'm good working alone, Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but this is part of my growth too. Like these are the things that I want to work on to improve as a person Mm -hmm. and, you know, shape my confidence and just step up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But the podcast is about my stories. It's about, it's about, you know, the, the, the daily hurdles that I face and Mm -hmm. whatever the topic is that's, that's upset me that week or whatever's made me happy. I talk about on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's, it's about unraveling my conditioning. Um, yep. And just speaking my truth and guiding us all into self-acceptance because that's mm-hmm. what I want. Okay. Yes. And you not being a leader. I mean, do you feel like people are magnetized to you? So you've almost been given this leadership I mean, that's sort of the influencer thing. You know, I don't know if you like that term or not, but you are influencing a lot of people so that people are looking to you um, mm. Weird, for guidance. It? <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like um, it goes back, I think, to the identity thing that you are a leader. It's just... I, it's just my perception of yeah. what I think is a leader. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the part of take, you know what it is. It's taking control. Maybe that like, there's an area where I'm afraid to take control there. I'm Mm. not sure what it, what it is. Mm -hmm. It's something that holds me back, but it's something I'm very aware of. And Mm -hmm. I know that I've got to step into it soon. It's that it's just giving myself that little push. Yes. Do you feel um, that people are, 
I mean, cheering you on, I mean, supporting you, does that ever, like, what do you do when you don't want to show up? I didn't want to show up over the weekend, actually. I didn't, mm-hmm. like, over the weekend, I wasn't feeling motivated at all. I was in a bit of a low mood. I'd been, like, in a bit of an anxiety, depressed state for about the last month, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I do not want to do this. What, I, what did I do to overcome it is because I'd made the promise. Mm. Yeah. When, when you when you make a promise to yourself, it's not negotiable. Mm-hmm. If you right. give yourself an option to say, if you give yourself a way to check out, you'll check out. Mm-hmm. But when you when you have a hard promise, I've learned that my promises in my life to me were broken by many many people. But mm-hmm. I've learned that you know healing the self betrayal comes with keeping my promises and even when I don't want to and I might be like oh I do not want to do this today mm-hmm. I do it because I can't break that promise to myself okay I'm, I'm tired of that yeah. <laughs> that's huge um and sobriety I think plays into that as well you know the more every day that you are sober it's like reminding yourself putting yourself first you know and the showing up so what kind of promise do you have is this like that you have to show up every day in some way is that the promise that you have the promise, well, I have different promises to myself. So um, the promise for my podcast is I've got to show up every week with that, mm. you know. So, okay. but that that does require showing up every day because I've still got to formulate ideas. Mm-hmm. I, I do try to write the podcast because what happens is if I don't have a guide in my head, because <laughs> of the anxiety, sometimes I can completely freeze up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And nothing comes out. And look, that, well, that's not going to be great to listen to. <laughs> so I, I, have to, I have to have like this little guide and a structure. Yeah. But okay. I don't believe I'll need that structure forever. No. I think one day I'll be like you and I will just be able to wow. just come on and talk. But for now, yeah. I, just, I need a bit of structure to be able. I guess that's a thing mm-hmm. as well. When you step out, um, sometimes you need a bit of structure to build mm-hmm. the foundation. Definitely. Before you can, before you can just yeah. be like, "Hey, it's me." Sometimes mm-hmm. there, there can be you got to put in a structure. Yes, and I think when you're putting something out there, it's for other people as well, so that they can have Absolutely. something that's like you know, um, cleaner and more takeaways. I'm like the worst. I just kind of yeah. dive in, but I mean, I've had many questions I didn't ask you because I'm like, you know, you just never know. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm all about the flow, but I know yeah. that yeah, it's um, it's always good to have a bit of a structure. And I think, and then you'll find like what works for you and what, you know, length and, and everything else. And I think it, it's really inspiring that you're pushing yourself. You're like continuing to push yourself and document everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all working together. It's really crazy how I've been, I feel that the universe has given me such a gift with what I have access to. Mm -hmm. I can't deny, I can't deny that I've been given that gift. And at times, you know, I can be feel really bad with you know my like my complex PTSD and things like that. I can mm-hmm. have really bad times, but I still know that I've got a gift with what the world's given me with this platform, and I can't let that go to waste. Mm-hmm. Yes, sounds like you take it very seriously, which I it do. is a platform. You know, it's it's um it's a yeah big ripple effect to so many people. So, what do you want to be known for? Ooh. <laughs> I want to be known for uh, many things, but for, 
<laughs> for being real. Like that's, yeah, it's that's been real. I, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to be known for. Real. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. To me, being told I'm real is the biggest compliment I can ever be given because when you've had a whole life where you weren't allowed to be real, you weren't mm-hmm. allowed to be yourself, to be yourself and to be complimented for being yourself, it's just like, mm-hmm. thanks. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool, man. It is so simple. What do you think? Okay, so you have the conditioning from childhood, but as a culture and a society, what is that? What are we like? What are we afraid of? You know, what's your perception on that? I think that um, I have a lot of internalized misogyny, mm. and mm. like I've, I, I started about a year ago looking at feminism. Mm-hmm. And following feminist accounts, and and I kind of didn't know how badly affected I was by that mm-hmm. until I started looking into it and realizing that, like that, that's a massive cage that I need to break out of because all of that it actually stops me from showing up as well. Mm. Okay. That's definitely that's definitely a cage. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, I heard a sound that didn't sound good. Um, what? I just, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's like, uh... <laughs> Sometimes I could be talking and halfway through, I'm like, I don't know what we <laughs> Oh, let me be real. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. <laughs> Whoops. Um, okay. So this, I mean, this is like a very, I'm personally asking, you know, of course for, for other people, but myself, because a lot of um, people in my industry, the coaching, personal development, wellness, healing industry, there is so much uh, showing up like behind the scenes of everything. You know, we get the whole spectrum of people's lives and in your case, that has propelled you like to the forefront is because you were so real, like with everything. Um, what do you feel is, I don't know, like a, a, a balance there? I, I, because I don't show much. That's, that's my question is like, you know, how much is appropriate? Because um, if you're selling your, in a, in a sense, you're selling your, brand or and then brands are coming mm-hmm. to you right so you're mm-hmm. almost like um your story is your brand mm. Mm. so there's yeah. been times where um i've gone offline for like two months at a time mm-hmm. because i know that and do you know what even my audience know this now that when i go offline for a couple of months it's because i'm processing things Mm-hmm. So they even know that sometimes I need to take a break because I will yeah. not show up inauthentically. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of anything worse than not feeling it in my soul and putting mm-hmm. a camera in front of my face. So I'll tell them I'm not feeling okay and I need a break. So it's even being okay. authentic in the fact that I'm not feeling it and I just mm-hmm. need to go away for a bit and process. During those times, I might repost some resources Mm-hmm. about what 
you know, like psychology posts and things mm-hmm. like that to help others because I'm identifying with it. I might not have a voice to speak about it, but I'll put it out there. And then sometimes I don't post to my newsfeed for, I've gone like three three months of not posting to my newsfeed because I can't show up inauthentically. I can't do that. Mm. So I, I respect the fact that sometimes it's okay to have a break. It's okay, okay. to process what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for that. Because it, it, it is the intention behind, it sounds like if you're not real, then it's not worth it. It's not because you're, yeah. because you're selling your, you're not selling your soul, but you're, you're betraying yourself. Mm-hmm. You like, there's yeah. a, there's got to be, you've got to know what's going on on the, on the inside. And if you're putting that camera in front of your face and it feels like a betrayal, don't do it mm. because then you're betraying your audience because they can sense that. Mm-hmm. So tell them I'm not well today. I'm really shit today. Things are shit and I, I, I can't be here or, you know, even at times I, I might get on and cry with like snot running down my face because there's no one to cry to. And, you know, right, mm-hmm. right there in that moment, I need to have a cry to someone that cares. But then there'll be times where I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. yeah, giving yourself that, that, that permission to take care of yourself if you need to. Mm-hmm. And you feel safe. And clearly, I mean, this, you've broken down these walls between a lot of unknown people, you know, so there's a safety there. Social media, the Instagram piece is very safe for me now. I very rarely get any anxiety at all about anything I post in my stories, my newsfeed. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable because I got comfortable with people not liking me as in losing my audience, mm-hmm. you know, losing 7,000 followers or whatever. I got mm-hmm. comfortable with that. So that made yeah. me more comfortable in being more authentic. So... Mm. I just okay. forgot what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, it was so good because it's that external validation that so many people get caught up in. You know, absolutely. Yeah, that's a trap. Mm-hmm. So, do you have um, like, is your motivation to build and keep building your following, or is it just like, is that secondary now? It's secondary. Mm-hmm. If I thought about building, like for me, building my following like intentionally, like, but in saying that I'd like, I, I'm very happy with what I got, but I understand why anyone would want to build their audience and there's no judgment there. Mm-hmm. It's too much pressure for me though, because mm-hmm. I have, you know, I've got two special needs boys. Mm-hmm. I work full time. Wow. I can only do what I can do. I've got my podcast that keeps me busy when I don't have the children. So I've, you know, I've got a social group. So, you know, to sit there and build, like intentionally build an audience takes a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. and I don't have it. I don't yeah. have that. Okay. And so I just it. do whatever yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's happening. It already happened. Yeah. Right. I'm so lucky. Yeah, it <laughs> did. So lucky. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's the law of attraction in a way where like, you know, when you push for something, it doesn't happen or, you know, you're just letting it flow. And, you know, some people will say, you know, don't say it's just luck. You worked really hard for that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I did. But someone could be out there doing the same thing as me and they don't get that. Right. You know, like it's just, so there is an element of Mm -hmm. a blessing. And I like, you know, I'm not going to say that that's not like I'm blessed and I'm so Mm -hmm. lucky to have that. So I'm very grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And that gratitude. 
is the magnet as well for more. Totally. Yes. So how can people find your Instagram? Of course, I'll put it in the show notes, but you hang out all the time. <laughs> so Always showing I'm, up. <laughs> I, I, especially in my stories. I try, yeah. I try to do that in there every day, but I'm at entirely koala queen. Um, it's entirely underscore koala queen, but I think you can just find if you even put in koala queen, I'm pretty sure that I come up with that. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> You're claiming me. that. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. And I just, I love following your journey again. You're, you. you're so real. And I think it's, it's that permission for other people to do the same. And um, yeah, this has been really enlightening personally. And I think so many people will connect to it as well because we need a lot more real in this world, you know, especially. I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed today too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. When you begin to heal the deepest parts of yourself that didn't feel seen, it frees you from playing small, putting on a mask, and honestly, the world needs you to show up and share your message by being the real you. So if you're struggling with showing up authentically in your business, whether it's on camera, in your content, and just wanting clarity on your messaging, and you feel the inner imposter taking over, don't be shy. Send me a message on Instagram at where is Willow. I exclusively coach one-on-one and I use a holistic approach, which includes neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, and breath work. It's time for you to show up and be fully seen. Okay. See you on the next episode.